0: hi this is ryan roberts and welcome to the millennial preacher i hope you enjoyed today's show i hope it's both encouraging and challenging in all the right ways we're excited about today's show so let's get going hi everyone and welcome to the millennial preacher show i'm ryan roberts and i'm glad that you chose to join me today I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July. We haven't had a brand new episode since then. A lot of things going on, but we are back at it here at the Millennial Preacher, and I'm excited that you're with us. Uh, We are starting a brand new series. I'm not sure exactly how long this series is going to last yet, However, it, I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be something that you want to hear no matter where you're at on your walk, your journey with God. We are talking about miracles. We are talking about signs and wonders. We're going to talk about spiritual gifting. We're going to talk about healings. We're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about speaking in tongues. We're going to talk about all of those things that you may be curious about. And one of the things is, is we are just having a conversation. There is no requirement. I am not in front of you. So no one's going to touch you. No one's laying hands on you. If they do, I promise you it ain't me. So we are right here. We're having a conversation. I want you to think that we're at your favorite coffee shop and we're having a nice cup of espresso and we're just talking about the things of the Lord. So let's get into it in my personal Christian experience, if you've listened to the show before, you've heard me talk about it. When I was very young, basically there was two sides of the coin. And many people that I've talked to experienced something very similar. Basically, there was a very old school version of church. I'm not saying that it was evil. I'm not saying that it was wrong. I'm not saying that they didn't preach truth or that these men and women that was running these things were not genuine and that They didn't believe in what they were saying. However, it was very, at least in my experience, it was very damning. It was very hellfire brimstone. It was very boring. It it was very... Uh, club mentality. It, it, it wasn't welcoming to the outsider. It wasn't welcoming to other people that maybe didn't look the same way or just the same way. There was not much freedom associated with it. It was more or less let's get young people to check a box and to join the church so that we can keep this little club we have going. And we are going to just hold on to dear life, to Jesus, and we'll claim Him. And maybe one day we'll get to his loving sweet by and by. And that was my experience. And then there was the other side of the coin when I was very young. I remember flipping through television and seeing Christian TV. And I'm not putting down uh, televangelists. I'm not putting down all of these people because they certainly wouldn't all like that. But many of them were this extreme, uh, very loose. They didn't talk about Uh, the cross very much. They didn't talk very much about about even Jesus. It was more about the prosperity. It was more about those things. Occasionally, they talked about miracles and things. But basically, those are the two sides of the coin that I saw when I was very young. And so what happened in the church world? Well, in the local church, at some point, we decided we were going to make things look really cool. And there was this really awesome movement about 20 or so years ago that rose up. Uh, that was the worship movement, if you will. Uh, There were all the big names were coming up, all of these really cool um, um, songs, all of these really cool different trendy bands and groups and ministries and churches that were stretching all around the world. And they had a certain look about them. Uh, Church was much more free. There was this modern day worship experience that church many churches at least chose to morph into and so that kind of rose up and and it became kind of hard because the lines were so blurred in beliefs um, and so it was hard and then And many pastors and preachers and evangelists became celebrities. And again, I'm not talking bad about someone because I believe that fame is a tool that we can use to reach the lost. I really do believe that that's simply a tool. However, it can get a little overboard. And so that kind of happens. And my generation was a generation that at a at certain point was raised with the best of the best. We got to see the best uh, music. We got to go to the best conferences and the best concerts. And that's been going on like that for several years, especially the last 10 years. There's been so much uh, youth that's come into the church world. It's gotten so modernized that it's it, it, it's so much like a rock concert. And again, I'm not saying that's wrong. And I don't want to go to a church where I go in and I have a suit and tie and I've got to sit down and listen to an organ play and it's so bent on tradition. But there's got to be a balance. I love church when it's free and the lights are down low and there's a guitar and a big band and all of those awesome things and the lights and the smoke machine. Those things are great. Those things are cool. And again, they're simply just tools to kind of encounter uh, or to create an atmosphere for an encounter. And so that's really what that is. And those things aren't wrong. However, something very interesting is happening in the church today. And now I'm speaking kind of as a youth pastor, a millennial preacher, and I'm speaking up about it. It was maybe three weeks ago I was watching a live stream recording of a very big, very large youth conference. This was a conference that had thousands upon thousands of teenagers, young people, students, young adults in attendance, and their youth leaders and youth pastors. And this very popular preacher got up in the middle of worship, and he looked around and he said, oh my gosh, this is so telling of this generation. He said about 50%, and you can see it on the camera, about." of the people in the room, the students in the room were engaging in the worship experience. Now, I'm not saying that worship has to be a certain way. I'm not saying that worship has to look a certain way. I'm not saying that you have to raise your hands to feel the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that you have to dance if if you're in a season where it's maybe not appropriate to dance. I'm not saying any that you have to look a certain way or do a certain thing. However... There should be some kind of response associated with it if you are a child of God. Now, again, there's no certain way, but there should be something. And he said that the most recent studies, and I don't have a statistic for you today, but he said the most recent studies are saying that this next generation, after the millennial generation, is about 50% um, believing in church, believing in uh, the church experience. That's not saying that only 50% identify as Christian it 's saying that fifty percent of the those that are identifying as Christians are actually um, sold out living it uh, engaging in the church experience, engaging in worship engaging in their youth groups, diving into ministry or what have you, and participating so what is happening? Well, I have a theory, and this theory comes from around. A 10 years of ministry and again a lot of that was lay ministry and and the go get that guy but but i have a little bit of uh, experience with talking with and, and, and doing things, doing life with students. And so I believe I can speak to this in a certain way. After talking with hundreds of teenagers, after talking and ministering with a lot of young people, and talking with people in my own generation, and talking with people that maybe don't claim to be a Christian, and many that do, I've talked to people and I found that most of these people, most of these young people and young adults don't have a problem with God most of them, if you really get to talking to them, don't have a problem with Jesus or saying that Jesus uh, had a great message and possibly is my savior. But their problem lies with a lack of authenticity, truth, and honesty within the church. There's a problem there. And so I found That it's not that church isn't cool or relatable. We've gotten to that point, but we've almost made it so relatable and so cool that we're losing the very core of who we are and what makes us different from the rest of the world. There's a lack of authenticity in the message that we preach There's a lack of genuineness and realness and passion and who we are as a Christian. And there's a lack of true, real, Holy Ghost encounters. Hi guys, thanks for listening to The Millennial Preacher. I hope you're enjoying today's show. I want to take just a moment to say thank you, and I hope that you share this on all of your social media platforms. Also, you can find me and The Millennial Preacher on Facebook and on Instagram. Also, I'm very excited to let you know that The Millennial Preacher podcast is now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, and on Stitcher. So be sure to subscribe on your favorite way to listen and share with everyone you know. Now let's get right back into today's episode. The Bible teaches us that miracles, signs, and wonders shall follow after the church. It should follow after God's people. We are a different people because of this. There's something unique and special about being a Christian because you are a new creation. You are a slave to God, a willing, chosen slave to God. However, you're also royalty. You are something special. You have had a supernatural real-life encounter if you are a child of God, if you are a Christian. And so we should be encountering the Holy Spirit. We should be empowered By the power of God. That's going to change our church experiences. That's going to change how we minister. That's going to change how we preach and teach and sing and play and do these different things. That's going to change everything. Because via the Holy Spirit, we can experience true convictions, and convictions ignite passion and changes us from the inside out. It enables us to operate in our God-given gift and abilities. That is the type of encounters I'm talking about. That's why I believe that this series on miracles equaling realities is so important. I believe that it's vital. We're going to talk about stories. I'm going to share some things. I'm going to have some guests on here that are going to share things that are going to build your faith that may get you curious. Maybe it's something that you've never heard before. Maybe it's something that you've never experienced before. And I pray that it builds up your faith if you are a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, I pray that it will enable you to listen and hear the gospel message in its fullness why is the Holy Spirit so important why are miracles significant well I believe this way I believe that the reason we should be seeing miracle signs and wonders as God's church as His chosen bride, as His creation, a new creation separate from the rest of the world. I believe it's a twofold plan. I believe it's a twofold purpose. I believe, one, we should be a sign. Those things should be signs to unbelievers that this is real, that this is the truth. Also, I believe it should build the faith of the Christian, to keep going, to keep fighting, to keep running the race with perseverance. I believe that that is why we should be seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. It's not so we can make a lot of money. It's not so we can just get goosebumps. And listen, I love going to church services and getting goosebumps. I love those moments. I love when you feel that little chill up your spine because you know the Holy Spirit's in the room and he's moving. But that's not really what it's about. It's not about just that moment. That is a moment in time. It may be a significant moment in time, but it's a moment in time. It's an encounter with God that you are meant to now take outside of that church service, outside of that worship experience, outside of that message, or whenever that happened to you, whatever happened to you was wonderful. But now what are you doing with it after the fact? I believe that that is something that the church, many local churches are missing and we're not understanding it. We can't rely simply on these uh, Holy Spirit encounters alone, but it should empower us to be able to point towards the cross and preach and proclaim that Jesus died, he rose again, and he's coming back for his bride. It should enable us to operate in those gifts. God loves people. He really does. The whole gospel story The whole Bible, the whole entire story of creation all the way up until today and well beyond is about how much God loved the world, how much he loved his people, how much he loved his creation and desired it back after mankind willingly chose to lose it in the garden all those years Ago. It's a story of love. The Bible says that we have this new command as Christians to love one another and that the world should know us by our love. And that's why these things are so very vital and important. I'm not interested in just seeing people have a cool experience, but I'm interested in them having a crazy God encounter that will alter, change, empower, and build their life so they can keep going forward. That's my job as a pastor and as a preacher. That's what I hope to bring to my generation and the generations younger than me. Now, here's a question that I've often asked myself and I've heard other people ask, why in the world did Jesus Christ ascend after he was resurrected? Why did he go to be with the Father? Well, here's why. It's because now we are enabled and empowered by the Holy Spirit to do even greater works than Jesus did when he was on the flesh and bone, in his flesh and bone body. Let's think about it for a moment. It's kind of funny to think about. What if Jesus was still here in the flesh and bone body? What if he was still here in one uh, body and he was a man? Well, let's think. He would probably not be in the United States. I know that's a shocker. He probably would not be in your backyard. He probably would not be near where, at least not where I live. He he probably wouldn't be here uh, in the flesh. He probably would not be in your church. He probably wouldn't be there. He would probably be somewhere in the Holy Land, <laughs> He would probably be somewhere near uh, the temple. He would probably be in something like that. And he would probably be held in some kind of special room or something. If he was even accessible to, to me and you, it would be so difficult to get to him. I mean, just imagine how many people would want to see this resurrected Uh, Jesus, this man who claims to be the Son of God, the miracle man, imagine for a moment that he was one man, flesh and bone, the only way we could get to God. And every single one of us would try to make a trip to go see him, and you would probably wait for years and years to see him, if you even could get in to that waiting list. And let's think, if he was in the flesh and bone body, then he would need to eat, right? He would need to eat. He would need to drink water. He would need to eventually go to the bathroom. He would eventually need to go to sleep for some time. He would need those things in his flesh and bone body, right? So it's better that now Jesus has ascended to the right hand of Father God, and he sent his Holy Spirit. Now here's the key. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. So when me and you encounter the Holy Spirit, and at salvation he enters into you, and you can you and I can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We are literally encountering Jesus in a tangible way. Yes, it's spiritual but it's tangible. You can feel it. You feel the power. You understand it. That's why some people, when they encounter the Holy Spirit in a certain way, that's why some people fall on the floor that's why some people laugh uncontrollably that's why some people cry uncontrollably and mourn that's why some people just sit quietly because they don't even know what to think and they don't know what to say that's why some people shout some people dance everyone encounters the holy spirit in a different way and i believe in different seasons of their lives and so it's better For Jesus not to be in flesh and bone body in in that way, but for him to be here in his Holy Spirit. Because he can be with me and you. He can be in the hospital room. He can be at the high school. He can be in your bedroom. He can be in your sanctuaries. He can be anywhere and everywhere all at the same time. And that's a really incredible thing. Now, why do we not always feel him if he's omnipresent? If the Holy Spirit is with me and with you anywhere and everywhere we go, then why don't we always feel him? Well, let's think about it like this. If I had, uh, let's say, a little brother who was always with me, everywhere I went, everywhere I go, he was with me. And I know he's really awesome, and I really love him, and he's really cool. And I talk to him in the mornings sometimes, but I don't talk to him any other time. But he's always hanging around me. And he's always trying to get my attention. He's always nudging my shoulder. He's always trying to tell me something. He's always trying to give me some instruction or or what have you, or tell me how he feels about a certain thing. But I just completely ignore him. Well, eventually he's going to stop trying to get my attention, right? And he's just going to let me live my life without him. He may still be in the room with me, but he's not going to keep trying to get my attention. God is the same way. The Holy Spirit is the same way. He may be with me and you as as his children, always and forever. However, We can choose to ignore him and not listen to him and not obey him. That's why it's important not to just give God lip service on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights or maybe the occasional prayer time in the morning. No, we should be uh, noticing, encountering, listening, obeying, talking, and doing everything with him. Now, listen, I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher, I'm a minister, and I'm not perfect. Do I do that every day like I know I should? No, I don't. Do I wish I did? Yes, I do. And maybe I'll get better and better at it. I pray that I do. I pray that you do too. And maybe you're doing better than I am. But I will admit, so often I ignore God. I know he's there, but I ignore him. But it's better to have him in the spiritual form Than it is to have him in flesh and bone. See, we're not going to need that that same type of encounter when we get to heaven. When we get to this next life after this one, we're not going to need healing because we'll be healed. We're not going to need to speak in tongues because we're going to be there with our God. We're not going to need our spiritual gifts because we're we're going to have a completed assignment. We're going to be there. So we need those things now. We need those new creation realities now. And so that's what we're talking about in this Miracles Equals Realities series. I hope that this was a helpful introduction. I hope that it, it gets you curious. I hope that it gets you a little interested. Maybe you say, well, well, I don't believe that. My tradition doesn't agree with that. My church doesn't preach that way. My pastor doesn't talk about those things. Well, listen to me. First of all, I, I don't know your situation. I don't know your story. and I don't know your pastor, more than likely, <laughs> but I'll say it like this. Just because someone doesn't understand with something or someone else's encounter with God doesn't mean that it's not real, doesn't mean that it's not true, and doesn't mean that it's not available to you as well. That's not the way this works. The Bible never says that miracle signs, wonders, and the gifts of the Spirit ceased to exist. If it did, then I wouldn't be preaching on it. I wouldn't be talking about it today. Yet it's still available. Yet it's still there. Now, I'm going to be talking the next time we come together about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But let me give you just a little taste to maybe wet your your taste buds a little bit. Why in the world do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit essential uh, to be saved? No, that is a totally different event. You can be a saved, going to heaven, signed, sealed, delivered Christian, and never be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You don't need need it to receive salvation. All you need is repentance and a changed heart, changed mind, changed life. That's what repentance is. You're following after God. You don't need it for that. You, 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 you It's not required. It, it's something extra. It's something special. But why do I need it then? Well, you don't need it for salvation, but I suggest you're a Christian. It will help you tremendously. It will enable you to do things that you couldn't do before. It will give you your prayer language. You can speak in tongues. You can operate in a greater level of power in the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to give you biblical evidence of that the next time that we sit down and talk together. I'm going to explain those things a lot better. But let me say this. If I have a light bulb and it's running on 50% power, is there still power there? Yes. Is there still light there? Yes. But it's not running at 100%. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit will bring the 50% to 100%. Is it required? Of course not. But it's an amazing thing. Are there people that fake these encounters? Are there those uh, terrible people that fake and act a certain way to get a reaction? Of course there are. But I don't let one bad apple in the bunch spoil my love for apple pie. I'm not gonna let that happen, and I encourage you not to either. Again, I'm going to give you biblical reference and biblical explanation the next time we meet in this series talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The series is Miracles Equal Realities. Also, at some point in the series i 'm excited to let you know that that i 'm going to have a special guest, my sister, Kristen Roberts, will be sharing uh, at least part of her story of not her whole story. She has had multiple near death experiences she 's seen miracles in her own life she 's seen healing in her own life, and she 's had some times where she 's just had to walk things out it 's going to build your faith it 's going to encourage you if you 're sick. It's going to help you if you're a minister. And so I'm excited about that day. We'll get that date to you. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button. I hope that today was a good introduction. And And by the way, if you don't know God, if you don't know the Lord, if you haven't experienced the greatest miracle of all, and that is salvation, why not today? All you have to do is repent of your sins. That means turning away from anything and everything that's not of God and turning towards him, trusting in him and believing that Jesus Christ, the son of God, was sent to die on a cross to pay the debt that you and I could not pay for our sins and doing things against God and he went to hell and got the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he rose again, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he's calling you and I home. Maybe that's you today. Why not? Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you for every listener. God, I thank you for every single person that maybe is listening that is not a Christian, but they're real curious. God, I say to them them today, welcome home welcome home. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, they trust in you. God, I thank you, Lord, that they ask for forgiveness, that they trust in the gospel story, the true good news story of Jesus Christ, and they receive their salvation, their free gift from heaven today. God, to the Christian that may be listening, I pray, Lord, that this series, this time together will build their faith, will help answer any questions that they may have about your word. And God will press all of us, including myself, forward as we run the race after you. God, we love you, and we say thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you, dear listener. I want you to know if you haven't heard it from anyone else this week, I love you, I appreciate you, and I can't wait until we talk again together on The Millennial Preacher you just listened to the millennial preacher podcast i hope you enjoyed today's episode and i hope that you'll listen to us again next week and hit that subscribe button you can find new episodes every weekend right here at the millennial preacher until then we'll see you later